Hey everybody and welcome to the chat room. I'm your host, Connor Valentin. So my mom is really trying to be supportive of me in my career. And she told me that she loved the first podcast that I did. I told her that meant a lot to me. I mean, a, a whole bunch, because I mean, it's coming from your mom. That's pretty great. And she told me she had to read something on a podcast about being more of a supportive parent. <laughs> great mom, thanks, you're, you're fantastic. Now, you may not know this, this is something I learned recently, but five years ago, President Barack Obama used the N-word on Mark Marone's very popular podcast. So I guess we all know who the real racist is, it's Paula Dean. It's, it's still her. It, it never changed. It's, it's still there. Now, a friend of mine told me he was thinking about doing a podcast about science, the bubbles, the Bill Nye kind of stuff. Now, he's a chemist, and he's planning on talking about the 118 elements. That's kind of weird, though, because I thought there was only 10. He asked me if I would listen to it, and I told him I would check it out periodically. <laughs> I was going to make a joke about it. I was going to make a joke about YouTube and how ridiculous things are on that platform right now. But first, here's a word from our sponsor, Clovercrest Media Group. I'm a big fan of podcasts and I consume a lot of YouTube on a regular basis. A lot. It's always on my mind. I think about it a lot. Have you ever wondered if some of the top YouTube stars would be natural cowhands on a farm? They're already used to milking content. <laughs> Shout out to you, PewDiePie. I also found this feels true. Most YouTubers are big fans of classic video games like The Legend of Zelda. It's a great game if you've never played it. It's one of my personal favorites. I think the reason they love The Legend of Zelda so much is because it's the first game to include a link in its description. We've got, <laughs> we've got a great show for you tonight. Thank you for joining us. We've got Lovey Roundtree Olaf from the podcast system is here. We're going to find out about her day job as a city councilor, her podcast, and what it's like to be a black woman living in New Hampshire. Make sure you like, subscribe, and comment. Thank you for joining us. Today, we're going to be here with select woman, Lovey Roundtree Olaf. Thank you for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. So uh, I got a couple of questions for you. And one of them is, you're the host of your own show, The Podcast System with Lovey. So can you tell me a little bit about what goes on in your show? Yep. So The Podcast System is pretty much a show that focuses on inequities that people specifically in America face. So we're talking about sexism, we're talking about racism, we're talking about classism, all the isms that one can imagine. We discuss them on the show and I bring on a variety of guests that I've known for most of my life because why go outside the circle when you have so many in the circle? One of my more popular guests who I won't give too much props to because it'll just boost his ego to unnecessary <laughs> heights is my brother <laughs> right my brother jacob so brother jake he's been on the show at least three or four times and we talk about everything so it's it's been a really interesting time to start a podcast as many people know you know no one was driving nearly anywhere but i think we've done a good job kind of getting the word out and you know i have a really awesome team working to help me get this off of the charts. Well, okay, not off the charts. That's a little dramatic. It's, <laughs> it's, a little, well, it's on the charts. Well, from what I've seen, you've actually got quite a few downloads. So it's not necessarily not on the charts. You got to give yourself a little bit of credit. You know what I'm saying? Someone's listening. So that, that's a good thing. Yeah. Well, as long as you're able to get the word out there, that's what matters. Seriously. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a, it's a big deal. And I was able to listen to a few of them and it was very intriguing. I was, I definitely enjoyed it. You got me, it was very thought provoking. Some of yeah. the points that you brought up about race and about our current world of politics made me think like, wow, this, this gets to you think about it. 
And it gets you to yeah. think, well, is my point of view and this point of view so different or very similar? I mean, it's thought provoking. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. I try to make it where you're part of the conversation without being part of the conversation. So you can kind of chime in from home um, and listen in and maybe just start conversations with other people that are similarly aligned to you or even start conversations with people that you may not have considered to be within your realm. So it's, it's, it's been exciting to do. And it's certainly something I've been sitting on for many, many months. So why not start during a pandemic, you know? <laughs> well, everybody's at home. Nobody's yeah. really able to go out anywhere. And, you know, fortunately, some states are a little better than others, but in the states where they're not really able to go out as much, this is the perfect opportunity to try new shows and, and see what they find interesting. And this is definitely uh, this is definitely something that I would recommend. Thanks. So, I appreciate that. So you had an interview with uh, Sarah Reitzman, and she's the co-host of another podcast called The Creative Guts. And you responded to your path to politics, and you responded with, politics can oftentimes have a negative connotation with people but I still see it as a place for lots of possibility if you aren't afraid to be different. Can you elaborate a little bit further on that? Yeah, I think historically speaking, you know, the view that people have of politics can ebb and flow, right? There are definitely peaks. And I would say currently there's, we have a lot of valleys, like a lot of valleys when it comes to how people view politics, politicians, but I like to align myself with the type of like AOC, you know, like I see her and I hear her speak. And she is someone who I think is unafraid, unabashedly afraid to actually speak her mind. And she's not putting out the point of view that solely aligns with a monetary advancement or a future political advancement. Um, so I think if people are interested in politics, they have to be interested for the right reasons. Um, too often... Uh, in my opinion, I think too many politicians get involved because they want to see themselves move up the channels, you know, move closer to the highest position. That's great and all, but why are you actually interested in that versus interested in seeing what are the biggest and most beneficial changes that I can make within a system? So I think we have a split. I think we have those who are more invested in themselves. And then we have those who are invested in changing the scope of our country that's going to be for the positive of most people. So it depends on who you are and which politicians you run across. Um, but I do think that our country is making a shift towards the right direction. I hope. <laughs> I really, we, we, I really hope. We can only hope, you know, yeah. and, and, in, in this time of politics, things have been getting so heated, you know, it's, it's been getting very heated with different opinions and it's almost like everybody's shouting at each other. And then you have people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez who decide that they're not going to be the norm for a politician. She's right. younger and she really, she wants to make a name for herself, which I applaud because mm -hmm. in a room full of career politicians who have been doing it for a long time, you've got someone with a brand new perspective who's been out in the real world recently and she can say, hey, this is my opinion. And whether you like it or not, I'm here to stay. I got elected right. by the people. Mm -hmm. And I found, and, you know, it's, I find that interesting that she's made such an impact on the younger people. I, I'm sure you can agree. Yeah, absolutely. And I think she's also made an impact with a lot of, uh, let's say, more mature individuals who are who are still tapping into politics and politicians. And and she is someone that we have not seen before, especially, you know, a woman as 
boisterous be boisterous <laughs> in a good way right hold on long side <laughs> right, it's the letter of the day um she she is and i and i am proud to to call her a fellow new yorker and i'm i'm excited that she's doing what she's doing because i think she's actually opening the door for other politicians you know the ayana presleys of the world who maybe didn't always feel like being the loudest voice in the room saying sometimes the most uncomfortable things can make a difference. And I think now now's the time and it's happening. And I think it's happening in a really good way. I agree. I agree. And there was a, there was one really big part I picked up on that. I was in the very beginning. And you were talking about how you grew up in New York and you yes. uh, and you went to school in at Harvard. Mm-hmm. Eventually, so, yeah. So so you really have been all over the East Coast. I now, have. Now, what what intrigues you so much about about around here, Connecticut, New York, Boston? Um. Hmm. Good question. A touch of me is just comfortable and lazy. So I haven't ventured out to the West Coast. So there's that, you know, I'm not going to try to like make it sound fast, fancy. It's a little lazy. bit of a hike. I'm like, oh, that's a long flight to come back and visit my family. So I grew up in New York and then went to boarding school in Connecticut and then college in Maine. Everyone should. Maine is awesome. Truly, Maine is awesome. Maine is nice. And as a as a New Yorker growing up in Queens, when I tell people that I went to college in Maine, you know the looks that I get aren't exactly what um, you want people looking at you like. (laughs) But when they come and visit, they're like, "Oh my God, this is kind of awesome! It's beautiful." And then I did grad school um, at Harvard. Yes, so that was also fun and really expensive. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Harvard's one of the best schools in the world. You know, it's a little pricey, but. It's good. It's, well, of course it is. <laughs> it's good. Of course. It's good. You know, and, and, and there's all kinds of things good. about Maine that people don't get right away. You know, I I have a property up in, in Maine and it's on a beach. Well, oh. according to legend, according to legend, that's where Blackbeard buried his treasure. Oh. So we have been planning on going up. Share the address. Then, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Not, not on public air. <laughs> But I'll tell you this, though, we have been determined to get a bunch of metal detectors and just start going and just going across the whole beach trying to find the treasure. You're going to look like the Sanibel, you know, early morning hour uh, retirees. (laughs) (laughs) I hope not. I I hope I'm not there yet, but it's all good stuff. I want to I want to get back into the to um into your into your political ideas Mm -hmm. here, because there's I also read somewhere. You've talked a lot about younger people getting involved and participating in local um, politics. So what are your thoughts on on those younger people that might have opinions that might not actually be seen as super popular? That's fine. You know, listen, we all don't have to have the same exact opinion. But if the opinions and the voices are not out there, then we're not doing the system justice. You know, it's just not happening. And I'll be honest, I have my personal opinions about the way that I think the world should be. And I think I'm right. And, I, you know, I would assume that most people think I'm right. But <laughs> shockingly, that's not always the case. But I'm what? Also, I know it's, it's a shame. It's really funny. Um, but I'm also open minded enough to hear what other people have to say. And I'm wise enough to know that times change and what made sense for my father and my mother when they were growing up didn't always make sense for me. And I was very combative with them about this nonsense. And you speak, you don't know what you're talking about because you've been out of touch. So I am, I would not be surprised when I get to the point where I might be a little out of touch. So it's important that younger people start chiming in and being the voice of the movement and the moment and 
things that maybe others don't see. Like I'm really involved in the, I've got kids, you know, I'm, I'm looking for shoes in the morning. Like, you know, it's kind of my life. So <laughs> I, politician I and shoe fanatic, you know, you, you trust me, these children lose things at a, a much faster rate than anyone would think possible. But my scope is very much aligned with the life that I'm currently living. You know, I'm worried about school. I'm worried about healthcare because I'm getting older and things hurt that didn't hurt before. So that's, where my vision is, but I'm certain there are things going on with younger populations, you know, like college, college debt. I've paid off school because, you know, I chose to go to a school that had a really great uh, scholarship program, which I needed. But for younger people right now who want to go off to school, I can't fathom how they afford it. And that needs to be discussed in this country. I completely agree that the, the debt for, for students going to college has skyrocketed to immense numbers that to be quite quite honest with you, I don't see, I don't know how we're going to solve that, but no. it's going to take a lot of open-mindedness. Yeah. It's like, be- you know, I told my kids, I said, you don't have to go to college. I mean, don't quote me. Like you can quote me, but don't, um, but the, the trade world is it, you know, there's a, there are a lot of options to things outside of college. And I think we need to also look at how we promote certain things to everyone. What makes the most sense Financially speaking, why don't we have more public institutions for higher education that are affordable and reasonable? You know, not everyone needs a nail salon on your college campus. Like, I don't want to pay for that. Those are the kinds of questions I've, I've often asked myself as well. <laughs> no, really. I mean, I, I know these, some of these college campuses have some of these like fast food chains. And it, it gets me wondering, where's all that money going towards? Exactly. It, it's it's weird questions to ask, but it's like you said, the open-mindedness, I think, is something that really is essential to this country moving forward, going into the future. And I think people like you are making that possible. Let's hope so. Really, I believe that. And going to your show here, uh, on the intro to your show, you talk about politics, pop culture, race, and the lack of relations. That's coming right out of the intro from your show. Yes, yes. yes. So are there <laughs> any topics that you'd like to discuss that you haven't actually got the chance to yet? Oh, my goodness gracious. Your timing is impeccable. Um, so actually, this morning, I was working on all of the topics that I actually want to talk about. I kid you not, it's legitimately here. It's podcast topics July, August 2020. I'm also one who does not plan super ahead. So <laughs> it is what it is. Um, so some of the things I do want to talk about cancel culture, because I know that the like a new hot word topic phrase that people are using, definitely want to talk about sexism a little more, breaking the economic cycle, returning to school during a pandemic. These are just this morning, the, the topics that I started putting out, um, that I want to delve into and have conversations because some of the stuff I don't fully comprehend. Like I told you, I'm a, I'm a, you know, a little older than some. So when people were talking about cancel culture, I'm like, what does that mean? What is this cancel culture? Who are they canceling? It's like a show. And they're like, no, love it. It's not like that. I do, you know, I walk around with my little cane when I want to look cool. Oh my God. But, <laughs> but it's, uh, you're not there yet. Come on. Give yourself a little I, bit of credit. You're not there I, yet. You know, I, I, you know, I'm not there yet, but some mornings <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm like, what are these people talking about? What does this word mean? And I have to like look things up in urban dictionary. 
if it makes you feel a little bit better, I'm a huge <laughs> fan of 50s culture. I mean, I'm into Johnny Carson. I listen to the Ink Spots and the, and the Platters, Frank's not trust. Okay, no, I'm not I, that old. <laughs> no, I know. Most people are. I have conversations with people's grandparents and one person's great-grandparents. So if it makes you feel a little bit better, I'm not really into any of the new stuff either. And my friends will tell me all these new terms. I'm sitting there like... You got to elaborate a little bit here, my friends, you know? Now, listen, you always know that you crossed over into a new realm of living when you start seeing musical artists, musical artists, see, but musicians, actors, and the such. And then you ha- you're like, I cannot pronounce his name. And I'm like, what is it on his face? You know, like all of these new artists, my kids are like, mom, that's X something or other. And I'm like, why would you use that name? No one can say it. So this is, you know, like, I kind of want to understand that a little bit more. But um, I also realize now I sound like my father. (laughs) I'm 21 years old and I still don't get it. I'm 21 years old. And what your kids are telling you, my friends are telling me. They're like, don't you know this person? I'm like, "Ah, who is that Lady Gaga? They're like, no, it's Rihanna. And I'm like, right. Now, when you think now Lady Gaga seems like the classiest artist you know, known to man. Um, that's when you know. I was like, yes, the woman who wore the meat suit that we all remember. Um, the, the, some of the right. Out- now that's, that's, some that's, of the <laughs> some of the outfits these people wear is very outlandish, very out there. There was um, one of the award ceremonies, and she's um, I don't remember. I don't remember off the top of my head who it was, but it was a gentleman, and he converted Billy Porter. It was, <laughs> I was like, if it's a gentleman and the outfit was extravagant, I'm going to go with Billy Porter. <laughs> oh, I'm not entirely sure. I'm not really great with names here. Mm-hmm. But she was wearing a tuxedo and it sure. went down to like a dress almost. Okay. It was a tuxedo that went to a dress. And I never saw that in my life, but Black it's out man. there. Black yes. man, Billy Porter. <laughs> that was Billy. Okay. Okay. okay so I got so it right. I'm, so I'm a touch into fashion and I'll, you know, as long as you're not wearing like your, um, CSA box of the week of your, you know, the veggie, the veggie fruit stand, then I'm all for really exotic outwear, outerwear. And so Billy Porter, I adore. <laughs> the fact that I knew right away, you're like, this guy was wearing it. It's like, yeah. Well, I saw it, I saw it on Entertainment Weekly and they were talking a whole article about it. And I'm like, it's not bad. It's just interesting. And you know, it's 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 a whole different culture, and I, I find it I find it really intriguing just looking at the new stuff they're coming out with. It's not necessarily a bad thing. So you're seeing cool. you're seeing the politician. That's the other thing I, I will say. As a politician, when I first um, won the election, <clears throat> I thought like, man, I'm just going to have to change how I dress and what I do, and because I can be a little eccentric sometimes, you know, old school, but also. I do like having blue hair on occasion. And so I was like, oh, do I have to stop doing that? And I'm like, ah, I don't. So I would have never guessed. I would have <laughs> oh, never guessed. Yes. The hair can be blue. There's sometimes stars on my face in the middle of Zoom meetings. And people have gotten accustomed to not saying anything anymore. So just go with the flow. You, you just get it normalizes things. It normalizes things. Makes life a little interesting. <laughs> That, that is awesome. That's so cool that you're able to just be yourself and just say, hey, this is me. Enjoy the show. You know what I'm saying? Enjoy yeah. the stars. Enjoy the hair. Yeah, it's all, you know, as long as I'm making sound and mind decisions, I think of we're course. all good. That's what you're looking towards. Yeah. 
So there are a handful of questions I have here for you left. And I'm mm -hmm. actually, this is one of the ones that uh, I was asked by a fan of yours. By the fan. I'm serious. <laughs> it was, I, I had a fan of yours who had asked me to ask you this question. Mm -hmm. And the question is, what is the most important lesson that you want to pass down to your children and other young people? Oh, easy. Be yourself. Put yourself first. And I don't mean in like the self-centered way, but I mean, if, if you are a good person and you know that you're a good person, do the things that you know are right. You know, do the things that also make you happy, um, that don't interfere with other people's happiness. I think that's an important detail. Like, you love playing music, play music. You know, if you love playing music so loudly that your neighbors can't sleep at night, don't do that. You know, there's a, there's a fine balance. But I really think that we have to push young people to be individuals. Right. Because I think a lot of what we see right now with sort of this two-party system, which, by the way, I don't think we should have a two-party system. But Thank you. Thank <laughs> like I you. Think, I think it's complete nonsense. Same. I agree entirely. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. It's a, no, it's I true. I, did, I mean, like, it's, so, it's so out of touch. But what we see is instead of people being told that they can be individuals with a multitude of opinions, thoughts, et cetera, you have to fall in line. And so it's either you're left or you're right. And if you try to be anything other than that, then you're wrong. And so we find a lot of people who don't know how to say, oh, I'd like to be financially conservative, but, you know, heal the world or right. <laughs> whatever. I mean, you, it's really hard to be both. I'm going to be honest it with is. you because you, you got you to give a little money to others. But I do think that we need to change how we... You know, st everyone can't be a follower. Everyone can't fall in line just because you're afraid to do what's right and, and annoy people. You know, we, we got to get past that. So that's my advice. The power um, of the individual mind. It's a, it's a huge, it's, huge thing. It's a huge thing. I want to I know what your opinion is on this. And I've come up with this idea, this concept. It's, com um, it's context, okay. humanity, mm -hmm. facts. And okay. I believe that that is the trifecta, the big three, that may help the world go around a little bit easier. Okay. With a little bit of facts, mm -hmm. with context behind those facts, and context behind humanity. But what yes. do you think? I think I think that's a great start. I think there are other things that would be needed. Um, one of them is being honest. And when I say honest, it's not just being honest to others, but it's being honest to yourself, right? A lot of times everyone's like, oh, like I'll give racism as an example. Everyone's very quick to say, I'm not racist. I'm not racist. You know, like, That's true. I got this black friend. And it's like, ah, you guys were in math class together in like eighth grade <laughs> and really haven't talked since. But I, I hear you. You're not right. Saying you're not racist is a very easy thing to say. And it's also a safe thing to say. But truly knowing that you're not racist is a very different thing. Right. We all come to the table with biases. You know, we all come to the table with preconceived notions about each other and about people that we've never interacted with. And so for you to say that, but not understand what that means, means that you're not being honest with yourself, you know? So it's, we have to get to a point if we truly are going to make any changes in our world where people have to start owning up to, here are the problems that I bring, here's the baggage I bring to the table. Here's what I think I need to work on myself. And if I can do that, then 
I'm more willing to understand the facts that are actually out there. Because if you're just like, I'm super defensive, I'm not racist, then you can't say like, oh, but all of these things are happening and have been happening over the years. So yeah, I can see why that happens. I want to know what your thoughts are on this. <laughs> I, I'm not entirely sure if you can eliminate racism entirely, but to get rid of it as much as possible should be the goal. But I want to know what your thoughts are on that. Oh, I completely agree. You can't get rid of racism. We're humans. Right. Human beings are, we live in a, our, our minds, our bodies, our spirits, for the most part. There are groups of people in the world who I think are amazing, like the indigenous people of, um, you know, the Amazon and the U.S. And I don't know, they come from a different elk. And I mean that in the best way possible. I just think that they appreciate nature and human beings in a way that some of us who are more in the capitalistic world don't and can't. We are naturally inclined to compete with one another in all different aspects, right? We compete in sports. We compete in school. We compete in podcasts. Everyone's like, oh, what are your numbers? And it's like, I don't care. You're just trying to have fun. <laughs> right. You're right. So, but, but humanity is built up in such a way where it is a competition. So racism is part of that. You know, when you fear someone doing better than you and you clump them as a people, that's a method, of, that's, a, that's a competition of sorts. And so if we can't fully get rid of that desire to be number one, to be the best, to be greater than someone else, it will always be there. But like I said, I go back to the being honest. If you're honest and you say, you know what, I don't like people moving to my neighborhood who don't listen to the same music that I do and who don't eat the same food that I do, you're being honest. It's not particularly nice, but at least we know what we're working with. Right. That is probably the best way I've actually heard that in a really <laughs> long time. And I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, to, you know, not trying to kiss, kiss, yeah. <laughs> or kiss up or anything, but seriously, you have told, you said that in such a way that was easily understandable. That mm -hmm. was very interesting. And you made really great points. And I really appreciate that. I thought that was fantastic. Oh, well, thank you. Well, and, and going into all of that and everything that you've told me during this interview, if you could go back to your younger self years ago, Mm -hmm. What would you tell yourself about the future? Oh, God. Girl, it's going to be the same. Um, <laughs> just, I, mean, I know that's not really like the positive note. To, <laughs> but really, um, get comfortable. Get comfortable? Yeah, get comfortable. You know, and, I, and I'll say this. The reason I say it is literally just the other day I was watching um, – uh, Dick Gregory speak, and I don't know if you know who Dick Gregory is, but he's an activist, black activist, and also a comedian. So it's a good little combo of, hey, I should change the world, but also I'm going to laugh while doing it. And he opened up for a concert that was done for Bob Marley to, it was like a apartheid concert in 1979. Did he have a similar delivery to Richard Pryor? Or was it kind of um, a different thing going on? Uh, a, a little less raunchy but as funny yes so he gave this speech and i kid you not that speech could be given today word for exact word that speech could be given today and when you see that it was given in 1979 it makes you wonder ah we've done a lot in the last 41 years and i know that number very well because you know 79 is my year and 
we haven't gotten nearly as far along as we should have. We have a lot of, we have a very long way to go. Yeah. But would you say that each passing year we're getting a little closer to the end goal? Do you want me to be honest? Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> no. Absolutely. No. No, I don't think so. I think there are real inherent changes that need to happen within ourselves before we do that. So we're doing, we're making changes that makes life easier for some, but the inherent changes that need to happen in order to make life better for everyone, we haven't gotten there yet. Well, hopefully we get there soon. I'm really keeping my fingers crossed. You know, I think that seriously for the for the benefit of everyone, especially our younger people who are going to be living. Connor, it's you, your 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 cohort, and those that that are going to follow suit. It's it's you guys. Honestly, you guys have to start making and get out and vote. And get out that, and vote. Very important. Very important. The more the more younger people we get to vote, the more it's going to say about the real opinion of the country. If you only have a certain amount of people going out to vote, a certain age demographic, a certain uh, amount of people in certain parts of towns and cities, then it's not really going to represent the voice of the people. Yeah. And as a politician, I'll tell you this. If it's up to me, I will take your TikTok away if you don't <laughs> go out and vote. That's when we start, start threatening people. We're going to have to start throwing out threats that are real threats so that you, know, like, you guys are going to show up. It's like, <laughs> TikTok or no more dancing videos, no if ands, buts, or coconuts. That's it. Yeah, exactly. And there'll be a whole flock of you out there. <laughs> well, the podcast system with Lovey airs during the day, every single Friday, and it's going to be exclusive to Clovercrest Media. Select Woman, thank you so much for joining us. It was an honor and a privilege to speak with you. My pleasure. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. And we'll see you next time. All right. Bye-bye.